Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to The Journey, where we are going to talk about a lifestyle with dogs and throw in a few life lessons along the way. Whether you're a hound hunter, a bird dog enthusiast running setters, pointers, retrievers, or a flat-out running dog junkie, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Heath Hyatt, a certified law enforcement canine trainer with over three decades of personal and professional training and handling experience. It's time for me to pay it forward. So grab your leads, lace up those boots, and come and join me on this lifelong process of teaching, training, and learning called The Journey. Do you like to be outdoors like I do? Hunting, fishing, hiking? If so, OnX is the app for you. I've been a loyal Onyx user since 2013. It's the one app I can honestly say I use daily. While hunting, I know where I'm at at all times. I mark trails, feeding, bedding areas, and the list goes on. When I'm traveling, I use it to pre-scout all the new places that I'm blessed to hunt. While out west hiking Yellowstone, I knew exactly where every trail went and the difficulty of each one. And here's a secret. I even use it to mark my favorite fishing spots. It's been a game changer at work. I've used it numerous times to get in touch with property owners. I even landed MedFlight one time in the middle of nowhere using the GPS coordinates. Onyx has so many great features and tools, you can literally use it for everything. It is by far the best mapping app on the market. And hey, it's Houndsman XP approved. So get started with Onyx today using HXP20 and know where you stand. So guys, when you're in the hound world, you really don't realize how small it is. It covers it covers, you know, continents. It covers different countries. Um, we on this show we have had people on from Spain and South Africa, and I'm probably missing. This is just on my show, not talk, talking about the others. And you know, being in the hound world for right at 30 years now, you get to meet a lot of people. You get to hear a lot of names, and it's so funny that um, how this one come up is uh, I am friends with a guy in upstate New York, Darby Spore, and we had got a dog off of Darby. The hunting group did. I did not end up with it, but Forrest did. And, of course, the dog's name is Hammer, and we called him Darby because we got him from Darby. So now everybody in our group calls him Darby. <clears throat> but I knew that the dog come from Doug DeVost. And, um, I knew I'd heard Darby talk about Doug and his dogs and some of the breeding in the dogs. And then when we had Kurt Rogers on the podcast, Kurt and I got to going back and forth and Kurt brought Doug's name up and I'm like, okay, let's chit chat, see what we can come up with. So today guys, we're going to Vermont. I've been through Vermont. I come out of Maine. Uh, it's been several years ago hunting, and I come through Vermont. The leaves were changing. It was absolutely beautiful. The state was beautiful. Some of the back roads we took, um, anybody that wants to see the the upstate in the fall, I have to recommend you go through Vermont because it's just it was just a beautiful place. And I still have vivid pictures of crossing a bridge. Um, it was a small bridge. People were out off the sides of the bridge taking pictures and the leaves were just absolutely stunning but anyway so we're gonna have doug on today and doug is the president of the vermont bear hunters association um we're gonna talk some dogs we're gonna talk about what's going on in vermont 
It seems like every state is fighting some type of battle right now, and Vermont is one of those states. So, Doug, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking your time today to come and chit-chat with us. Uh, your season's out, I'm assuming, just like everybody else's at this point. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, we are in, I don't know, this is like kind of like winter winter, isn't it? Like yeah. mid end of January, and Nat, the wind is whipping here. It's supposed to get down into single digits, which I do not like. I don't, I don't like it when it gets down into teens for the, especially for the dogs. So I've got a lot of extra work to do this evening to get everything prepared for the cold weather this week. So, Doug, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, tell us how you got into hounds and how your love for the hounds started. Yeah, well, um, I live in the northeast corner of Vermont, and uh, like you said, it's beautiful country um uh i was probably 13 or 14 the first time i ever um went with hounds and that was with a fella named danny lemire and he's since passed but um when i was a kid you'd go there and you'd see the tree line full of dogs and just get all wound up just thinking about going you know and uh yeah i hunted quite a few years with danny and some other guys before I ended up getting my own dogs, but been in quite a while, 20, 25 years or better. And so what was the first species that you hunted with hounds? Was that big game? Was it small game? What was, what was it? Actually the very first, I went rabbit hunting ah. and that, that was, that was wild. I, I loved it. And, and, and then I went, then I went bear hunting and it, it was such a different excitement level to see a bear versus, you know, rabbits. And mm-hmm. it really stuck with me. I, to this day, I can't wait till I go again. Yeah. You know, you know, I've, of course, our season's over and I spent a lot of time like going back over the season. I really spent a lot of time analyzing my dogs and I don't know. It was here. This, it was this week sometime. I'd sat on a couch and I was like, you know, you see these posts all the time about how people uh, talk about hound hunting and what it means. And, you know, like for me, and I don't remember what post it was that I saw, but I go to places and I walk in areas that no other man wants to go, has no need to go. And we do it to follow our dogs. And, you know, I, I treat, I, I hunted Christmas day, um, this year. Uh, didn't have the kids didn't have anything to do was home and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna take my young dogs and and go hunt and i did and i sat at that tree for a lot longer than i normally would spend like a lot longer than i would normally spend at a tree and you know just kind of taking it in and you know i think for bear hunters and i think other hunters miss out on this opportunity for bear hunters like we get to see country that most people don't um we climb through the ledges and the cliffs and we're crawling through the laurel thickets and we are in places that the normal hunter, the deer hunters, the, you know, the turkey hunters and so on and so forth, they just don't go. And Mm. I think that's one thing that I love so much about the bear hunting. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, for me personally, um, half the hunt is, is what you do while it's going on and the other half's the dogs the bear it's nice to see always nice to see them mm-hmm. but i don't care if the bear is 50 pounds or 500 it, it makes no difference to me i what the dogs did and 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 the entire hunt is what makes the hunt for me it is it's it's, it's accumulation of things isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and i'm like you i i mean i don't i don't care 50 or we don't have no 500 well yeah, they're few and far between here but you know a hundred pound bears as a bear i don't care um and like i said i i was thinking about last year i ended up out on a cliff and killed a bear in a hole off the side of the cliff where there was nowhere to go and you know i was in that country several times this year but i never ended up back in that in that place yeah. like I ended up yeah. in another place that I hadn't been in a in a certain holla that I had not been, but I did not end up back 
at that cliff or at that hole. And I was thinking about that one day walking out. I'm like, you know, like I need to go back and check that, or I need to go back over here and check this. And like, sometimes the dogs just don't take you that way. You end up, you know, on the other side of the other place and doing something. And it may be four or five or six years before you end up back around that same location. Yeah. No, the, it, it's definitely neat. Some of the country you get to see makes yeah. it makes it all that much more worthwhile. Yeah. So you got into bear hunting. How how long have you been? Um, and I'm assuming you should raise your own. Well, I kind of know you do <laughs> because of the yeah. conversations. But like, when did you get into bear? When did you say, "All right, I want to do this," and I'm I'm going to put forth the effort? I would say uh, my early twenties is when I got my first bear hound i had had some coon dogs and fired it around with rabbit dogs as well but um my early 20s is when i really decided i was going to have bear dogs and and i ain't i ain't been without a tent i just i just turned 40 and uh i got a yard (laughs) so where did you get your what was your first hound? What what was your first line or what was your first breed of dogs that you started with? Yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, we get the plot guys and the boot mm-hmm. guys. And, and I, I have all walkers and, and not because uh, not because I'm against anything else. It's just what I was kind of raised on. But the first first bear tree I ever went to was Tots. And uh, the guy lived over couple towns away from me he's still he's still around still bear hunting um but i had gotten into you know the houses bloodline of walkers Mm -hmm. and uh just always always stuck with that it's always worked well for me yeah and is your uh, your bloodline still go back to house yeah yeah actually uh earlier today i pulled out a young young dog's papers that i have and uh he's got houses clint seven times lipper six times mm-hmm. all in his all in his first seven generation so that's pretty close up for mm-hmm. having such a young dog you know mm-hmm. yeah i found like i run you know I've, I've got a mixture um at one point in time i was hunting several registered walker dogs which were sacket bred my old dog which was a mixed he was he was quarter black and tan and three quarter Walker. He looked like a Walker dog. You'd never know. But on the Walker side, he was he was heavy, heavy lipper bred. Hmm. Um, and I have seen over my career that the dogs out of Clint seem to trail better. Yeah, I, uh, that's what I've heard as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if I was looking specifically for uh some of those genetics i would def that would be probably one of the first places i'd try to go back to but like you said finding that in a like you don't see that much in a three generation pedigree much anymore yeah and and this dog he isn't quite two yet so oh wow at such such a young age and he's he's doing very well um i'm kind of a tough judge on him and and He's doing extremely well for his age, and, and he's got all that really good blood right up close. I'm pretty excited to have him. Mm-hmm. And the other, I kind of got two sides of bloodlines at my house, and, and, and that's one of them. It goes back to a dog called Ranger that was brought up here, and he's in just about any good New England bred dog. And this dog here has got him up real close a bunch of times. And... The other half of my bloodline goes back to all Kurt stuff, his, mm. his spider dog and his Taz dog. And the mixture of them two New England dogs have really made a large amount of good dogs around here. Right. Now, what what does Ranger go back to? Do you know right off the top of your head? Well, yeah, Ranger, Ranger, Ranger's mom was directly out of Lipper. Mm. Yeah. And um, like I said, he, he's in, I don't know, any Walker bloodline around here that turned out to be you know generationally good you know you get sometimes you get a fluke breeding that turns mm-hmm. out pretty well but like to to breed to try to have it more consistent um he's in there a lot of times 
Right. Yeah. <clears throat> like I said, I've not, I haven't really fooled with papers much in the last mm, probably five years. Uh, the last dogs that I had that were that were registered were um, Nance. Well, they were out of um, uh, Andy Jensen stuff. Topper three. Yeah. Uh, Topper again. I had I had some dogs out of that. Was the last like full registered walkers that I had. Um, I did like that line of dogs. They were very natural, easy starting. Um, yeah. They were very gamey. Um, they just didn't fit the mold for me. Uh, they were nice dogs. They were they were they were nice mm-hmm. average, you know, average for me. Um, but that's the last actual registered dogs that <clears throat> that I've had. Uh, I did get one from Darby. Uh, no, I know that I know the one we got from him's registered, but it's not mine. And then I got a little female from him, and I think it may have came from you too, actually. I'd have to go back. Oh, and... it it came from me, but not originally. Um, nice little female mm-hmm. blanket bag. Yeah, yeah. Um, she. I had actually gotten her started here, and I just had so many young dogs, and Darby was looking for one. So yeah. Um, but originally, she come from Wisconsin, and, mm. and I believe she she goes back to uh, Deanwood Drifter, and Deanwood Drifter is a half brother of Lipper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd give, so I I tried her, I kept her for about six months, and I really couldn't get what I wanted. So uh, uh, two young boys that live right over the hill from me were trying to start coon hunting, and I give her to him, and they love her. They absolutely love her. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like, well, maybe I didn't give her enough time to, to, to do what I wanted to do, but um, yeah, they, they're coon hunting her pretty much. She's got a nice mouth on her um nice solid tree dog she's a big blanket back female like she's a nice looking dog so yeah i may have messed that one up myself but they sure have enjoyed her yeah everyone's done it that's right so when you started bear hunting um ups and downs like i know we all start off with um, like for me, it took me a long time. I hunted a lot by myself and I, I, I didn't, it took a long time to put it together for me. Some people are very fortunate and after a year or two, they catching on and, and catching bear. And, um, I just didn't have that. How, how was your, um, introduction to bear hunting and how did that all evolve? Yeah. Well, so Danny didn't stay in it for too long after I got into it. He was older, you know, and uh, I ended up meeting a couple other older guys that had been around for a long time. And uh, uh, Bill Ingalls, he, he's since passed, but he was he was a he was a really good hunter. He he, he knew the country. He, he knew stuff. You know, back then we when I just started, we we only had telemetry, mm-hmm. and so that was neat as. It, young age you know they'd make me get out all the time and beep the dogs and i'm glad i got to you know have that part too um you know because if something ever happened you could always rely on telemetry um but yeah i just like everybody else you know i i had some dogs that i thought were better than they were and i had some dogs that probably could have been better if i was um but you know trial and error you try some dogs and and even hunting partners, you know, some, some work out, some don't. Yep. And, uh, same, same thing as everybody else. I'm sure we, we have, uh, we probably have the best season that I'm aware of in new England for sure. At least, uh, training season is June 1st and our season goes straight through till the second week of November. Training so, only, or do you have a kill season? Well, no, our, our, our kill season starts September 1st and that goes clear to the second week of november gotcha so we have a fairly long season and uh you know we we have we have uh we have more than what they even think's a healthy bear population mm-hmm. where our bears are thriving in vermont and uh you know if you've got the time and the dog power it's not a big deal to find two sometimes three bears a day nice but yeah now is that 
so for us we we hunt more on state land do y'all have state land or do you how does it work up there yeah we have you know we we have some state land we have some federal land and up until two years ago um we could hunt the federal land um just the same and then years ago they passed the law um we couldn't couldn't run on the federal land for june and july so Mm -hmm. we can still go over there but it doesn't start till august 1st on the federal land and uh we tried to fight that and uh, they they got around us with it anyways but um we have we have big chunks of state land and uh, a lot of farm country where i live and most of the farmers would uh just soon you you were here hunting anyway so Mm -hmm. i think there's eight thousand acres of corn in the two big farms oh wow next to me wow so what was the what what was different from the federal land and the state land why did they not want you hunting june and july they they said that the the dogs were were bothering bird, uh, bird nesting ground and um you know that's how they fought it and we we have a lot of antis trying to mm-hmm. shut down the hounds thing so they get plenty of votes and um i thought they i thought they it was sold to them on the handshake agreement it had to uphold the vermont state laws which which it did until until then and um so now we can't we can't go in there june and july so what happens if your dogs happen to get over there you, you have the right to retrieve your dogs okay uh, I, I don't know i don't know how many times you would get away with it without getting mm-hmm. or they try to pinch you on something but right um pretty much all all through the state you have the right to retrieve so well not well that makes it nice and i mean if you're doing your due diligence to try to stay off there, I mean, sometimes you just can't help where the bear goes. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, we ran in this year and I mean, I don't, I don't want to make people mad. I don't want to, um, cause divide, dividence within our, our hunting community. But this year we had more trouble out of landowners. Um, we, we hunt areas that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. And um, and some one of the other areas we hunt, we have very strong ties there, and we've always had a really good relationship with the landowners. Very good. Um, even if they didn't want us taking a bear, they were always more than well. Hey, go get your dogs. You know, we'll take them with us. They got grandkids, or whatever. Take a picture. And this yep. year, we've had a, we had a lot of people hunting from out of our area, and my opinion is that it's caused a lot of rift with the landowners. Um, we had people come in from different states, um, different parts of our state that didn't have ties and just kind of done what they wanted to. And we, we, we struggled this year and I didn't, I didn't like that. Like I like to have a, a good relationship with the landowner regardless of the outcome. Um, and you know, we had several people, you know, and they, they told us that, you know, we know you can't, keep your dogs off of here but we want you to keep your dogs off of here and we're like but yeah. you know we've hunted in here every day and this is the first time we're sorry um you know and they were deer hunters too that well, the last people we dealt with were deer hunters and you know y'all are scaring all the deer off just not educated and we tried to explain to them like, like listen that's not factual it's not scientific there's numerous studies out there and i even pointed them in in the direction of a couple studies like hey look these studies up you know the game always comes back now, if you get to pressuring them day in and day out, it may be five to seven days, but there's studies out there. So, but yeah, we had some, we had more um, disgruntled landowners this year than normal. And that's not, that's not good for our sport. No, it, and it's the same here. Um, you know, we, everybody I hunt with, and, and I would say the majority of the guys here in Vermont try to stay clear of people that don't want them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, my big fight with the deer hunters is always telling them that the studies show that black bears in the spring are the, the number one killer of fawns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're laid up in the grass and the bears are feeding in the grass in the spring and they have the best nose in the woods. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys just don't even understand it. I mean, you know, I'm sure I've seen my hounds go through and seen a deer standing there watching mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, 
but it, you have to almost prove it to them, you know. And uh, that's a tough thing if they're if they're not open minded. Yeah, um, it, it definitely is, and like that's that's something as hunters that we have to do a better job of is like really educating other hunters so we're all on the same team. Um, yeah. You know, I don't care what method you use. I don't care. Like, what you know, I choose to use dogs. I prefer to use dogs on on what I hunt. Um, and I actually think I've told I told one of my buddies this that I graduated school with. He's he's kind of anti hound. Um, and I I've invited him numerous times, and I even told him I'm like, man, come with me and hunt. You're going to see things about the game that you pursue that you've never seen before, and it's going to help you be a better hunter. And I, you know, I think. Several of us have talked, I know Chris and I have talked about this, like, you know, following a hound, just like we talked about when we opened this up, into those places that nobody else goes, I feel like it makes me a better hunter because I see more of the habitat. I see more of the bedding areas, the travel routes. And I I'm, I know deer hunters are very um, avid and spend a lot of time, They you know, they they are good at what they do but i think because we follow our hounds into unknown territory it gives us an edge oh yeah i mean uh the the stuff you see is is incredible and one of the things i tell people too uh you know they ask what's what's the challenge of shooting a bear out of a tree there isn't much of one it's everything leading up to get Mm -hmm. there (laughs) you know and we're in the woods we're in the woods probably as much or more than any other any other hunters mm-hmm. and, and get to see all those things but uh, one thing i like to tell them is it, it's probably on top of not being a challenge it's also one of the most ethical ways you can shoot a bear i think because if you personally want a, a male bear mm-hmm. close to 200 and you tell me that i can tell you what it is when, mm-hmm. when we see it in the tree and you you get to make the choice then whether to shoot it or not and those people that see the bears on the ridge or in a field, they don't know what it is. They don't know how big it is or, mm-hmm. or or any of those things. So I personally feel it's one of the more ethical ways you can do it. Yeah. And I think we most hound hunters agree with that. Like our, our selection process is by far the best. Right. Now, what, yeah. like you said, what, what people choose to shoot on them. Um, but we we as a group this year tried to keep keep it above 200 and in yeah. fact we didn't kill many bear at all um treed several but the majority of bear that we killed was all on the ground like yeah. you know being nasty fighting if they were in a tree we took pictures and walked away so yeah. you know you have that no, choice those are, the, those are the good ones to get out yeah yeah, they they need to eliminate it from the gene pool. I, I tell you, I don't like the vet bills, that's for sure. Yeah, me neither. <clears throat> so Doug, no, there's a, a good old good old guy in southern Vermont, Danny Luke. He, he told me a long time ago, he said, them ones at tree, leave them. They, you know, them, them ones that want to stay on the ground and fight, those are good ones to get out. Yeah, well, we did a, we did a fairly good job with that this year, I think out of out of the few that we took uh, i think two yeah i think only two were in no only one only one was in a tree yeah so everything else was on the ground so yeah um i'll take that i'll take that for sure right yeah so doug tell us um so you're the the president of the the vermont bear hunter association What's going on legislatively? And I know that we talked really quick at the beginning. Um, let's just go ahead and get right into the coyote bill that's trying to be passed. Yep. So um, that went through in, in December. The fishing game overrode what they wanted to suggest as a control law. They wanted, the antis wanted to on a leash or insight in our, our fishing game said that's that's banding it you know that that would not allow people to do it with hounds to to have them on a leash or, or in sight so they went with mandatory uh, gps with uh, stimulation shocking collars um that's what they 
road in there for our control. And um, now you have to have a permit and um, it's a four dog limit. And they, you know, they came up with a bunch, bunch of rules when we had none. Um, but it was either that or lose it completely. So uh, we did, we did fairly well um, and it did pass, but they're also, you know, every day they're introducing new bills and there's a new bill in there this week. And um, that one is to ban shooting coyotes off bait piles and it's to um, dis dismember, dismember the uh, fish and game and, and start its own group um, conducted of 12 people to, to make our hunting and fishing and trapping laws instead of the fish and game department. So we got a pretty good fight on our hands right now. The, uh, the commissioner called me the other day and said it would be the biggest fight we've had so far because if that goes through, you know, we're bound to lose everything eventually. Yeah, there's no um, – and I like I said, I don't want to misquote the state, so I'm not going to say it. But I had read somewhere else that there was another state trying to do the same thing. They were trying to do away with the – ours is called the DWR. I don't know what all other states are – or called, but they was wanting to do away with them um, mm-hmm. making the laws, and we're like, they're like, there's no science based management that way, and it's all like you said earlier, it's all based on feelings and emotions, and you cannot, you cannot manage any species that way. No, and and like you said, it's you know these people are introducing these bills and and coming up with these ideas. Off, off feelings alone there's there's no facts our, our coyote population and our bear population in the state of vermont is 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 above is above what they think's healthy population numbers and they're continually trying to eliminate some of the best means to keep it in check you know so it's tough and they they have an endless amount of money and time so we definitely need everybody to you know send their emails in and help support fighting so it. have they give any have they give any type of proposal on how they want to manage or what what they're going to do to make the state better actually I, I don't think one time i've heard anything about any any of their ideas going to make anything better better they just they think the antis they labeled coyote hunting as legalized dog fighting and um i coyote hunted for a a few years and i know a lot of people that do it year round and um in my personal opinion uh, coyote dogs are the biggest sissies (laughs) um, that you've ever seen i mean on average i'm not saying there isn't gritty coyote dogs because there is i've seen them but on average they you know it ain't legalized dog fighting. Um, but that's how they, they word it so that the people that don't have a clue about it, it automatically sounds mm-hmm. bad to them, you know, and, and that's all it is. We, like you said, we, re- we really got to spend a little more time educating, um, you know, to help the people that are on the fence or, or don't know anything about it. So, so that when we need votes, uh, they can help us. Yeah, and I, you know, it worries me um, because as times change, and they have, I mean, like I said, I've been doing it 30 years, and I mean, a lot of things have changed. You know, we have more and more people that do not understand hunting um, and try to, what do they call it, um, animal morphize animals, like make them human. And, you know, like I've been getting a lot of posts on my feed. uh, Yeah. On my feed here recently, because the weather's getting ready to change. And it's saying, you know, go if if you leave your pets outside, go outside and stay with them. You know, me as a hound hunter, my dogs are valuable. And not only are they valuable, they are like family. And, you know, we do our very best to make sure they have warm shelter and um, dry and that they have the proper bedding. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 
I can't tell you the thousands and thousands and you every every hound hunter spends thousands and thousands of dollars not only in the economy per year taking care of their dogs food mm-hmm. vets bedding um you know i just went to track supply yesterday and spent 160 dollars on another dog house which i hate i hate it um but that is a constant with young dogs they're chewing them up mm-hmm. you know that's something that you're doing constantly and you know we we put a lot of money into the economy um yeah and why i say that is because my dog's care is a very high priority for me um it's very high uh and people like you know they put that stuff on there and like they don't they don't really have a clue you know they're not you know i can't bring 14 dogs in my house like not gonna do it no and to be quite honest they're they're happy out there yes i ain't saying that I ain't saying they wouldn't curl up on your couch, but yep. um, my do- I like my dogs more than I do most people. <laughs> That's right. And I don't, I don't mean that in any bad way. I'm just they they mean an awful lot to me. And you know, I, all the guys I know and hunt with, they, you know, I wouldn't even be around somebody that didn't take care of their dogs good. Uh, you know, heated water bowls and fresh sh- straw, and we got you know spring-loaded doors that shut behind them this time of year and you know just healthy and happy you know and and that those make good dogs you know yeah yeah it does but back to the education part like people are making decisions for us that have no clue about what we do what it takes um and it's scary because like just like i was talking about the landowners some of the landowners that we and I'm not going to say conflicts, but we had that they were upset. Mm-hmm. None of those landowners were local. Right. They, they were not raised in this area. They had moved in from other areas. And I know that's a that's a battle that every uh, hunting community is is taking on right now, um, that you have people come in from other states and other walks of lives. And uh, a lot of our community is coming in from big cities that are retiring and coming in and, and buying, you know, 15, 20 acres up, whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. And they they don't want to understand what we do. And they give us grief because we do it. And then, you, you know, you try to sit down and have a, like a, a, good, a good conversation with them. And they just don't want to hear it. Like they, they don't want to hear it. And you're like, you're yeah. scratching. When you leave there, you're scratching your head like, well, I didn't make that situation any better. I didn't leave it any better, and I'm not really sure how to fix it because you can't you can't have a conversation with somebody that don't want to don't want to learn. Yeah, and, and that's the truth. If if it, if you ain't talking to somebody that's open minded, even even the least bit, then you know you're wasting your breath probably. But yeah, I've had I've had a lot of situations. I, I don't I don't have too many bad deals with landowners. I I, I try real hard to stay right at it anyways but it happens mm-hmm. and uh, a couple years ago i had this deal with a lady at a gate and uh, we parked way off the road so whoever needed the gate could go through and i see her come out and i went up and just told her who i was and what we were doing and by the time we left there when we got back from the tree she wanted to see a picture and thanked us for letting her know because some of the other guys had just parked mm-hmm. there and walked in and never said nothing you know little things you know like introducing yourself and being polite and you know sometimes they have an elevated voice already and they're barking you know and you just got to try to downplay it a little bit and you know try and say the right things it helps well to add to what you're saying and then i want to move on to bear hunting but yeah if 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 we as hunters want to continue doing what we're doing what we love to do then that's a side of the, this sport that we have got to do better at as a whole, mm-hmm. not just you and I, it needs to be, um, everybody that we come in contact with, Hey, take a few minutes and, and talk to them. And, you know, some people don't want to listen and they are, they are definitely hindering our progress, but yeah. you know, uh, we, we talk amongst our group quite, you know, we've got to police ourselves. Because nobody mm-hmm. else is doing it. And if somebody in our group is not 
doing something the right way, then like we're having a chit chat. Like you want to yep. hunt here, you want to hunt with us, then this is what we do because we want to preserve our sport, not because any other thing, but I want to be able to hunt in 10 years from now. Right. And if we don't do these things, then, you know, we're not going to be able to do it. Absolutely. We're, we have a, we have a Vermont bear hound meeting coming up this Tuesday and with this new bill introduced and stuff, we're trying to get a hold of the, uh, the beagle clubs and trying to find some big time deer hunting guys to come to spread the word. Like all hunters, we, you know, we all need to stick together. Eventually we're all going to lose what we love. So. And you're talking about where they're trying to, to do away with your, your fishing game, people yeah. to make decisions They're trying to get rid of the fishing game board and come yep. up with their own group of people to to make laws and part of that bill like i said is, is no shooting coyotes off a of bait even mm. so they've they've restricted the the coyote hunting with hounds already and they they just threw that into this bill that they you couldn't shoot off off a of bait pile either um so those are those are two things that were introduced this week in that bill s 258 i believe mm -hmm. and uh so we're gonna try to get everybody together to fight that one so what what have they done specifically to to deter the coyote hunting with dogs you said they'd already passed a couple but do you know what they are um right off the top of my head they they you have to have a permit now which you a, never a hound a permit. permit is that what you're saying yeah yeah yep. yeah you have to have a hound permit um it's a four dog limit um, before that we had no limit on dogs and, um, the mandatory GPS college, which I think everybody has now, mm -hmm. um, some of them, some of, some of it mirrors our bear hound laws, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, they, they threw in a few other things and it's, it's just a, a little bit at a time is what everybody's worried about, you know? Yep. So they go for, go for a lot more and they settle on death by a thousand cuts and then, and then and then everybody thinks we won which we won compared to losing it but we lost a whole bunch going mm -hmm. from no no laws to half a dozen of them yeah so if i come and hunt with you you and i together can only have four dogs or can i have four we, and you have four if we were coyote hunting and um we both had permits we can both have four dogs but mm. only four dogs on the ground oh yeah so our, our bear hunting is a six dog limit per permit but only six dogs on a bear mm -hmm. so if you came with me and you had an, a non-resident permit we could have 12 dogs in my truck still only six on okay. per bear yep um so that's kind of mimicking maine isn't it yeah maine maine yep. is now a six dog yeah, it used to be, I think when I was up there last time, it was four. And then yeah, they added. That. And it, it seems like to me, because it's funny, and I should have talked to Kirk about this a little more, but a lot of the stuff that is getting passed around through our community replicates a lot of what Maine has already put into place. And it looks like Maine is kind of, well, it feels like Maine is kind of the um, the front runner for a lot of legislation that people are trying to pass nowadays. Yeah. I'd say Maine, you know, Maine's right up there with some of the, you know, one of the biggest states. I think Wisconsin is the biggest state. Um, bear, bear, uh, their bear club, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, they have the most members, I believe. Mm -hmm. But um, Maine's definitely right up there. You know, it's, it's a huge income for the state of Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Doug. Well, last 15 minutes or so, 10, 15 minutes. I mean, let's just talk about dogs and talk about, uh, yep. talk about some of your training techniques or your theories or your breeding, any, anything that you want to talk about. I want to learn. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I can teach too much, but I, <laughs> I can tell you some things I do. I, I really think, um, uh, young dogs, I, it, that's my passion probably is, you know getting young dogs going i've always said you know you take a pack of older dogs out and it, it's still fun but it's not that you know you know you're mm -hmm. going to catch or, or tree a bear and 
the, for me, the young, the young dogs coming on is, is the excitement. I like to mess with them as much as I can when they're young, you know, getting them loading. Just, I was just talking to a friend of mine. I told you I met in West Virginia, Marshall, mm-hmm. and, and I feed my dogs. They have a flat roof and I feed all my dogs on the roof. And when they're young, I tell them load up and, you know, it's just one, one little thing that, mm-hmm. you know, when you get to your tailgate, sometimes in young dogs, it really helps. It's just one more little step. And we rode our dogs over here a lot, or me and the guys I hunt with in the off season, we rode them and uh, get them young dogs following them older dogs. I think that's helped a, a lot. You know, you, you come June 1st and, you get a rig strike and you let your old dogs down and them young dogs behind them, they naturally already want to follow them because they've been roading with them. And it, I think that's helped me a lot um, as far as getting young dogs going. But the breeding, you know, between Kurt and I, we have similar bloodlines and it's pretty nice to have them dogs that seem to start naturally and, and progressively get better all the time. They don't all do it, but, you know, majority of them. Um, hunting here, I got, I think I have eight dogs now. And uh, it, it, I have six of the best dogs I've ever had at one time right now. I, you know, you have, throughout my life, I've had one or two, sometimes three real good dogs. But right now, I have the six best I've ever had at one time. So that, that's pretty exciting for next year. It'll be short-lived. They'll be old and gone before yeah. you know it. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad they only, yeah. they only live so long. So how did you and Kurt hook up? How did y'all meet? Oh, I, I – geez, I don't know. I must have met Kurt 10 years ago. I don't – I can't even remember exactly when I met Kurt. But I know at one time he had a dog. He was He was busy working. And I took the dog for the summer and he gave me a pup. He gave me a pup out of that dog for, for, for taking and running that dog spider. Mm-hmm. And uh, I named that pup trigger. He ended up being one of, one of my better dogs I'd ever owned, but he only made it to three. And, uh, I ended up keeping that spider dog right till he died. He was almost 12. He was four when I got him and, uh, he stayed, stayed with me. Um, from four until 12 and he was probably right up there one of the best dogs i've i've hunted with that's how that's how i pretty much met kurt i've always known about him you know but quite a few years ago i ended up doing that dog deal with him and and now we we talk daily <laughs> so you ended up with spider yeah the, ori- the original spider mm-hmm. that, that kurt had yeah yeah he was four four and a half when i got him He's a super dog. He's super fast. Like to catch, you know. He likes to catch game. He'd come across the road, head in the air, flying. Yeah. He's a fa- he was a fast dog. He had one of the most beautiful voices. If you'd never heard him before, you could call him caught or treed. Mm-hmm. He just had a little yodel at the end of his ball, and it was over. You know, he either was looking at him or staring up at him. Yeah, he 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 was a big help for me. Too, you know, as far as young dogs, you you run them young dogs with good older dogs. You tend to make good young dogs, you know. Me and my buddy just had this conversation. <clears throat> I said one dog can make or break your pack with one Absolutely. with one solid. It don't have to be a world beater. One solid dog, you can start putting younger dogs with it, and as they learn, start adding. And then next thing you know, like you said, you got six dogs that that, that yeah. some of the best that you own. So I tend to, I like to swap out, like when, when we rig for bears, we mostly, we can't bait or run off baits in Vermont. So, mm-hmm. um, 90% of what I do is a rig strike or walk in a cornfield or an apple orchard or a beech nut ridge. But when we're rigging, I always swap my young dogs out almost, not every time, but depending on how they're coming along swap them out with one older dog and that's what starts the track i usually just let a couple down two or three down to start the track and always swapping them young dogs out because you never know when you need that dog 
to start, mm-hmm. you know, starting tracks for you. Cause like that trigger dog, you know, one day, boom, he's gone. And, uh, my Rangely dog that I have now, he's eight. He, he got his front leg, had to have his front leg taken off a couple falls ago. Bear got him and, uh, he still lives at my house. That was quite an ordeal. It took his front leg. So it's a lot to learn for a mm-hmm. seven, eight year old dog to lose his front leg. That's 70% of their yep. power and steering. Comes off the front. That's right. And, uh, but he's, he's been a solid dog. I've had him since he was eight weeks old and, and I'm sure a lot of guys want to put the three, four grand into him to let him live the rest of his life out here, but he's earned it at my house mm-hmm. and, uh, always swapping them young dogs out with the older dogs to start tracks. And then when you need a dog, you, you got a better chance of having one. I think a lot of guys get stuck on, they got that one dog that really does a good job and they don't let nobody go with him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I, how the, so the dog that we have from you, um, hammer, what you said he was out of two of your best dogs. Tell me about those dogs. Give me a little more education on them too. Yeah. So, uh, hammer's father is this rangely dog that I was just talking about my, the male. Um, and he's, I don't know. All around, he, he's one of the best dogs I've ever owned. He's super, super good nose, barks every breath. And he's a type of dog that can bear bay all, uh, bay a bear all day long and not get pounded up bad. He, he, looking at the bear barking and doesn't have to go any further. So he, he's super handy because you can go every day. Actually, um, two Junes ago, I know I because we keep track of what we do for our own selves. Mm-hmm. Two Junes ago, we went 17 days in a row. And I don't remember, it was 17 or 19 bears we'd treat in 17 days straight. And he was a dog between me and my buddies that went every single day. Super tough feet. He's just full of heart. He's real nice dog. So that'd be Hammer's father. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, go, he goes back to that... Um, ranger dog that i talked about earlier that was brought up here um and most of new england's real good dogs usually have ranger in them and uh mother to that would be my willow dog and willow is out of spider and a female out of wisconsin named ruby and she was an old houses bred female as well and willow is probably my favorite dog i've ever owned and not because she's the best at any one thing i just happen to like her um she's a super good bear dog and she's really good bobcat dog um she rides in the front seat with me when we go cat hunting um her only downfall is she's too gritty um she's i i pick and choose what bears i let her go on Mm. yeah uh the right bear would be would be her last if you weren't careful. That that's that dog's only only downfall. Super good nose, um, just just a real good dog. I, all my dogs in my yard either go back to Rangeley or go back to Spider and and Taz too. Now I have a couple that go back to Taz, which was another dog that Kurt had owned years mm-hmm. ago. So let me ask you about a trait that Darby has hammer that is the reason I did not end up with him because I couldn't stand it, but he cannot keep his mouth shut. Yep. And that, that's, that's why, that's why Darby you got the dog for me. I never, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it just honest. Um, and I know a few other guys that feel the same way. I think if you don't like a dog, I think you should get rid of him because you'll never give that dog a chance. Yeah. And that dog, so this is what happened. That dog, that was the first puppy born that day. And I had this huge whelping box that I had built, spent all kinds of money on. And, and she went outside and had the first puppy outside, and it was wintertime. And we caught him in time, and he lived in 
my youngest stepson picked him out and I couldn't do anything about it. I, so I ended up, <laughs> I ended up with hammer out of the, I have Hammer's sister here. She's one of my best dogs, but I, I got her back from a guy a year and a half ago and she's one of my very best dogs. Um, so my stepson Max picked hammer out as a little puppy and that's who I had to keep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was six or eight months old, and I I couldn't stand to be around him around the house. Like barking I in the pen. I tried. Yeah. Uh, I I tried pretty steadily to, <laughs> to to make him shut up, and uh, there weren't many options. Yep. So when Darby messaged me to see if I had any young dogs that I would get ready get rid of, you know, I offered him Hammer. Um, and I, I told him he was, I'd never even, never done anything with him. And, um, but yeah, all that whole litter turned out. I don't know how, how Hammer is doing now, but I know the other seven, real good response on the other seven. He's an, I mean, other, like that's his, that's his downfall is, and he's mellowed out a little bit. Um, when we first got him, like, you had to keep a bark collar on him, and it just he just burned through him. Um, that's his yeah. down. That's why I did not end up with him because uh, yeah. I'm like you. I can't. Um, no matter how good that they are, like I can't tolerate some things, and that's one of my pet peeves. But that dog is a super nice dog. You get yeah. you get him. I mean him and I mean him and him and JJ have traded several bear by themselves. <clears throat> last year i'll tell you a quick story on him uh forrest had started a track um with four dogs and uh i mean we never could get dogs to his like every place they went they were in country that was they were a mile from anywhere we couldn't get them packed we couldn't get dogs to them they run this bear for a super super long time by the four dogs and as the day progressed a dog got hung up in the cliffs um and fell out um they one of them fell out and then one of the older dogs just got run down and couldn't couldn't stay up which you know this is a long i mean this is hours hours um of running um and then when they come out in the field i tried to go in and catch him and fancy um, and I went up to this guy's property, went, knocked on the door. He wasn't home. I'm like, hi, ah. I could hear the dogs ever, ever so often. Just yo, 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 yo. And it wasn't, it wasn't much. So I started hollering at them. Well, they started moving and they went around a, a, a flat over into an edge of a cow field. And before I could get in my truck and get back down to the hard top, um, Greg's hollering. He's like, the bear's in the field, the bear's in the field. And it was a nice bear. And Darvey and Fancy were right on that thing. And mm-hmm. they come through the field, cross numerous fences, through a barn lot, up into a driveway, which I pulled up into the driveway and tried to cut them off. Um, and I got out, tried to catch him. And the bear turned and literally chased me back up on the truck. Like, I mean, I was yeah. right there. There was nowhere to go. The fence line on both sides of the driveway. But uh, just to tell you that story, that really, that that was the first time that I was he was a nice dog. He we hunted him in New York for a whole season, um, but that was the first time that I was like, "Dang man, that that was a super good job from a young dog." Because they're not yeah. what three right now, is that right? Yeah, they're three right now. Yeah. Um, so that was last year. He was two, a year and a half, two, whatever, whatever their, their ages are, and um, I, I was impressed with him. And every time you get him where he needs to be. You can count on him. Yeah. Like you can count on him. Yeah. I know, um, I know one other out of that cross that had a barking problem. It could be, could be just that cross, but that one, that one I have out of that cross here, what a super start dog. I mean, hunts, hunts hired, got a good nose. Um, they, 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 they tend to be a little hard headed, but sometimes, I think a little hard-headed makes them tougher that, dogs that stay, that stay on a bear that yep. some dogs don't want them. 
You know, and we had, and I was, I was just looking at his birthday. So he's born on April the 11th. Um, but yeah, you, you look at some of the, the qualities that you need. Um, and maybe even me and Kirk had this conversation. I don't remember who, but you know, some of those, that hard headedness, like I've got my little female, Kate, she's the hard headedest dog I've got. Like she does her own thing when she wants to do it. Um, yeah. sometimes she, like all of my dogs recall really well. And she's the one dog that if she's out doing something and you know, she may be 30 minutes coming back to you, but she's also the dog that will be out on top of the mountain bait up in a bear's face by herself. She, she, I, I explained it. I got a picture on my wall over there of a female I had and, uh, that, that dog hunted for herself. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think she cared if you ever even pet her. Mm-hmm. She was not my type of dog. I don't, I like, I like to interact with my dogs and, and that dog was all bear dog. She, she catch a bear by herself and she was in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but she didn't, she just hired headed. And I, I, I explained it that she hunted for her, you know? And, uh, I think some of them dogs that had, Willow, which would be hammer's mother, um, hard headed dog, but hard headed in a good way. Like she's the last dog to quit an old track. Mm-hmm. She, she's more likely to get that track going than, probably anybody I got, you know, and sometimes that's not handy. We have a lot of bears, you know, it'd be easier to <laughs> just go find, find another, another bear, if a hotter bear. But sometimes that's nice in the fall when you, when you get that good track that left the corn, you know, the night before and uh, it's worked out well, but. Yeah. And I will say that about Darby too. Like he, He's going to be one of the last dogs you catch, just like what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah. Like, he's going to be one of the last dogs you pull off of one. If you're trying to catch him off, he's going to be one of the last ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, from our side, like I said, I don't know anything about the other six or seven, but, like, um, he, he does he does a good job. If you And, like yeah. I said, the barking has gotten better. As, as he's aged a little bit, it's gotten better. But if you can tolerate that, then you've got a really nice hound. Yeah. It's funny too. Cause even as puppies, I, you know, I have neighbors where I live. They're all good neighbors, but I, I don't, I don't like a barking dog mm-hmm. around the house. Mm-hmm. I have eight, eight or nine of them up there and it's pretty quiet. And I don't know how he come up with it, but <laughs> it's he, somewhere. He some, isn't it? <laughs> he, he was some hard headed as a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's still that way. But again, there's some good, good traits, like there's yeah. some good attributes to that too. Being the hard-headed, like I said, he's one of the last ones. He stays, you know. He's not deterred very easy. Um, he hasn't been one to be in. I mean, he may get a hole or two in him, but I don't remember a time that he's like been beat up, beat up like bad. Um, like I said, a couple holes, maybe a a couple staples here and there, but um, I don't, I don't see, I don't remember that either. So. That's a plus too, and like you said, he can go every day. Yeah, so that's the thing with grit. You know, everybody everybody wants to say they got the most grit, and they did this and that. And grit's a fine line, in my opinion. You mm-hmm. you either ain't got enough, or you got too much, and and you're either losing dogs, or you have big vet bills. And um, I don't want either. Yeah, uh, that Rangeley dog, like I said. Uh, he can bay a bear all day long and, and not get stove up. I I don't believe I've ever stapled that dog up. He's had some hook marks and some things like that, but you know, Willow's a whole different whole different dog. Um, the the opposite. But, um, grit's a fine line. Yeah, my definition of grit has changed. I will grit for me is stay. Right. I want you to stay. Exactly. Yep. And I do like I, I do like a dog that will will the the hard the hard headed bear that don't want to climb put a little pressure on them but I don't want them to ha- I I don't want it to be an MMA bat a, a match I don't want that no because they're gonna lose <clears throat> right you know? and it ain't worth winning it, you know if you can't go hunting the next day um that to me isn't isn't worth mm-hmm. the extra gritty dogs yep 
Well, they're and out. They're out half a season or a whole season. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had Willow out a month at a time, mm-hmm. and that's if you if you had two or three dogs like that, or you know, if you were in Maine guiding that that dog's not even worth anything to you. Mm-hmm. You have a week, you have a week's worth of uh, hunters booked, and go out Monday and get stove up. Yeah, that don't do you no good. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. So, Doug, what do you, you leave us? What do you want to leave us with? I don't care if it's the the Vermont Bear Hunters Association, if it's dogs, just in general. What What do you want to leave us with? Yeah, um, I guess my advice to everyone in every state is to stick together and do some educating on people, and and uh, we can help fight battles so we can all keep what we love to do. And as far as the dogs go, um, run what you like, run what works for you. That's right. You know, every everybody's got something different and there's a lot of good dogs around now people are less kennel blind they they, they breed good dog to good dog and you know as long as everybody's having fun it don't matter what you're doing that's right and just do what you love that's right exactly yeah. I, I can get on board with that all right and i appreciate you having me on no thank you for taking the time and as always guys thank you for helping us teach train and learn The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with One TDC. This dual action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months, and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to WorkSoWell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on The Journey.